This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling? Bing bong. Uh, I've recovered. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. They had it all the way, Larry. Yeah, nothing sure they to, did. Nothing to worry about. Sure they did. About. Sure. It was a lock. Right. It was a lock that that hero shot was going in at the buzzer. They were going to lose by one. Oh, it was like it was like they were trying to lose the game in that final minute. I mean, it was it was almost comical if it was not the team that we're rooting for here. Exactly, exactly, Gordon. It is it is. First of all, look, we can't kill them because they won the game. Okay, so that's the critical first thing. win, big win for them win. at home against a team that's very good, a team that's outstanding defensively, and a team that's ahead of them in the standings. So these are all positives. Congratulations to Julius Randle. Made the all-star squad. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Jalen Brunson didn't make the all-star squad, but you never know. Somebody may be injured, and he may end up going anyway. Uh, did not play tonight. Boy, did they miss him in the game this evening. Uh, I thought defensively, for other than uh, Bam Adebayo, who was Mr. Broadway tonight, I, I thought they did a fabulous job on Jimmy Butler. They didn't let him get going. Uh, Tyler Hero didn't get going until late. Uh, so there were some positive things to talk about this Nick win tonight. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, Hero had a nice game for them as well, and notwithstanding not, uh, that last shot, and it felt like the, the the Heat's points came much easier than the Knicks' points. But in the end of the uh, you know at the end of the night, the Knicks had more of them. Uh, so a very important win for them as they uh, try to uh, deal with everything they've been dealing with here the last couple of games and trying to keep their heads above water. And when you heard that uh, Jalen Brunson was not going to play tonight. Didn't make you feel all that good, but they were able no. to get the win without him. Really, we're missing him, especially in that final minute, mm-hmm. because that was uh, some hairy moments. But good to see R.J. Barrett back from the, I don't know if you call it a benching or, or what mm-hmm. you call it, but a strong game for him with 30 points. Randall mm-hmm. doing what he had to do. And I thought that there were a lot of nice complimentary players. I thought the bench. Um, Second half. Yeah, second half, they all played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartenstein, I thought, again, played a – if you could get that from him every night. Eight and ten. It's not yeah, bad. you would sign for that every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, so, I mean, I, I thought uh, Grimes certainly had that big three. He played mm-hmm. well. Yes, he uh, did. McBride, I thought, had some big shots as well. So, yeah, uh, a good did. all-around win for the Knicks and one that they desperately need. McBride, two of two from three. Obviously, listening to the show last night when I said he shouldn't take threes. Yeah. So Take that, Larry Hardesty. Well, it's good. So as long as they do the opposite, I'm good. So right. do, I need to, do I need to insult some you other people? you got to say that so they're now going to lose five in a row. <laughs> so they, are you trying to make me Alan Hahn the Grim Reaper? You know, Alan Hahn was the Grim Reaper for a while when he worked nights. Whatever he said, it just turned bad. I'm beginning to think that he left some of his mojo for me. Uh, but listen, the, the, the way they played tonight, especially in the second half with the bench, I thought, Toppin, who didn't do didn't give them much in the first half, seven big points in that fourth yes, quarter. Another one. You know, uh, he played well. You mentioned Hardenstein, eight points and, and ten boards. Um, I'm not gonna say anything about Evan Fournier because what can you say? He hasn't played. I mean, you yeah, can't expect it's him to very come hard when you, you really have only one skill yeah. and that is shooting the ball, and you haven't been in a game in forever. So you gotta shoot the ball a few times to hopefully get going. He really didn't yeah. get going. So no. it, it's strange to me that he's the first guy off the bench. I know, isn't it? Isn't it weird? More than Cam Reddish. Or Derrick Rose. Or Derrick Rose, It tells you a lot about Derrick Rose's situation here, Gordon. It really does. I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's done for him to not be the first guard off the bench tonight. I I I guess. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Obviously, 
Adebayo was outstanding. Tyler mm-hmm. Hero was outstanding, especially in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But Gordon, Jimmy Butler, five Yeah, it was not a factor. Yeah, not I a mean, factor at all. I mean, was he at the game? I mean, you know, only 10 points. I mean, he normally kills the Knicks. And I was thinking about if, if the Knicks did I, – I, far be it for me to be negative, but if the Knicks had <laughs> lost this game – you know, people would be yelling and screaming, and I would bring up, you know, look look at the Heat's talent. Now, look, it's a credit to the Knicks. They were able to get this win. But if you yes. were drafting people off teams, yeah. Jimmy Butler would be the first guy. It wouldn't even be a doubt. And he was mm-hmm. not a factor tonight at all. Not at all. It's crazy. It, it, was, it was like – and he wasn't looking to be a factor either. It was not, no. Which is crazy. He was not looking to be a factor. He he just like he was taking the night off. And know? it wasn't he didn't shoot the ball that hard. I mean he was five no. of thirteen, so it's not great, but it wasn't like one of seven or he just went into a shell or something like that. So that, yeah, it was a little strange. But uh hey look, Knicks need these wins to get a little closer to the Heat, who I think are are simply a better overall team. But yes. you know what? We're past the fifty game point. So what do they have left? 27 games, 28 games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, yeah. so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and, and the Knicks are not uh, – it's not like there's, there's 10 games separating the Heat and them, so they right. can certainly uh, hang here, and, and, and they needed this win tonight for sure. Oh, no question. They did. And, and especially for their confidence, Gordon, to not, to not have your, your energizer bunny, right, to not have mm-hmm. your leader, your, your point guard out there uh, it, in, in a shortened rotation anyway which has made the rotation that much shorter. So the fact that you're able to get this win at home where you have not played well, uh, this is this is a nice win. And now, of course, you've got the Clippers coming in, and then uh, you've got the Sixers. So you've got two more, you know, really tough opponents coming that you have to face over the next couple of days. But, you know, it, especially for R.J. Barrett, this was a big game because you wanted to see how he would respond Obviously, uh, the fact that he did that Jalen Brunson was not there gave him more of an impetus, more freedom mm-hmm. to know that he wasn't going to get pulled if he played badly. He probably would have to play 40-plus minutes regardless. But I think the major thing for me with him tonight, Gordon, was he did not rely on the three. He put the ball on, on the floor, and he went to the basket. And he got to the basket rather easily all night. So I applaud him for recognizing what the defense was giving him and just going strong to the basket. And to be honest, I'd like to see him do that a little bit more and less reliance on the three. Now we've spoken for a good three or four minutes about all the good things. Can we talk about that last 15 seconds or so yet? Sure. Go ahead. I mean, cause it. I mean, what was going on there? You mean when, when, when uh, Randall slipped, when he was, yeah, I mean the, the slip, uh, the, the, um, the bad the, pass, the, the bad pass by RJ. I, yeah. I mean, you know, every time you started to think, oh, okay, we, we got this one, right? We got this one. Yep. You don't have this one. <laughs> you're not sure. Yeah. After you're the Hartenstein sure. dunk, uh, you think, okay, all right, a three-point game, uh, you know, mm-hmm. starting to pull away here maybe a little bit. And you yep. get the then RJ the bad basket. pass. He had a couple of bad passes in that yeah, stretch. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Whew. Then the Randall basket, wide yeah. open. You figure, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're good now. We're, we're good. good now. Then they come back, they hit a big three right away, bang. You're like, uh-oh. And then they call timeout, and then, you know, Miami calls timeout, and, you know, you get the ball back, and you can't inbounds the ball, and you toss it to Randall, yeah. and he slips and falls. <laughs> Did it seem like that they were just forcing the ball to Randall no matter what yes. on those inbounds? It's like, yeah. what's yeah. everybody else doing? Yeah. yeah. 
they they they're they are their job is to move their players out so Randall can get the ball and you don't double team Randall. That that just looks like that's the way the plays run from the out of bounds play all the time. It's always to Randall. It is, and I you know even Hardenstein had to say it a couple of times during the game. You saw it, Gordon. They just stand around. They don't move. No, and you know when you and I thought down the stretch that they actually had some good movement on offense. It wasn't just like one guy going, mm-hmm. you know, one-on-one all the time. They had some good passes, but that, that final, like, 20 seconds or so, oh, my God. They, they couldn't – they lost track of themselves. Oof, that was <laughs> – it almost felt like they thought, like I did, oh, the game's over. We're, we're good. We're fine. Let's wrap it up. It's – you know what it's like, Gordon? It's like they replayed all the missed opportunities. And what did we say? It's about 10 or 11 games that they had leads and they lost them late. It's just like they replayed all of them, and it's like, okay – we can't do this. We can't do that. So they're thinking, and while they're thinking, they're panicking. Uh oh, it's happening again. It's happening again. Oh, I got to get rid of the ball. I got to get rid of the ball. It's just, it's, it's, it's they, they have to keep drilling in practice, Gordon. They got to keep going through those situations because they're not comfortable with these inbound situations late in games. They yep. just aren't. Hopefully, um, Jalen Brunson is back for the next game. Hopefully, Please. this is not more than a one-game type of situation because uh, the Knicks are going to need him. Uh, the, 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 the the calendar doesn't get any easier. And, uh, no. It always feels like it's true when the Knicks start falling down that you, you start to get worried, but they don't they don't play with prosperity all that well no. either. You no, know, when don't. things start – when you come off a good win like this, you, you start to worry a little bit. You do. You do. Even when you come off a good quarter – <laughs> you start yeah. to worry. I mean, yeah. they, you saw how they started this game tonight, Gordon? They were on fire. They came right. out just like hitting threes. Yep. It's, it's like, uh-oh. And then the Heat the heat went on like a 19-2 run or something like that. And then you think, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, te- I don't – as I always say, I don't really watch the first half. I watched the first half a little bit tonight, and I texted you. I said, this could get ugly here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's almost like with the, the, especially with the Knicks. Like, what's the point of the first? Like, nothing matters. <laughs> They could be down twenty. They could be up twenty. You know it's going to come down to that that you know final Fourth five quarter. minutes, and it's going to yeah. they're going to have you pulling your hair out. They are, they are. But once again, and the other thing that really Miami didn't hurt them enough. Seventeen turnovers is a lot of turnovers, mm. and and because they out rebounded Miami and they beat them off the boards for offensive rebounds as well. That kind of counteracted the fact, but you can you. You can't win turning the ball over 17 times against the really good teams that you're going to face. It just happened that once again, Miami didn't take as much advantage of the situation as they could. And, um, you know, so the Knicks get a win. So that, that's a good thing. So whew, thank you. Take goodness. a breath. Yeah, you take a breath. Take a breath. You, you squeezed out. You squeezed by this one. And, um, you know, you look forward to see where you go from here. Let's hope. Yeah, I mean, let's hope it's a couple more. You know, it's almost like. What do you want to have happen before the trade deadline? Because if you want something to really happen before the trade deadline, you don't want a big winning streak because then they'll be less inclined to go out and make a trade. Yeah. Maybe they'll think, ah, you know, we'll save all our assets. If they are to to suffer a, a painful loss here or two, maybe that pushes them to make it. But, again, if they end up making that kind of move, maybe they're giving up too much. So it's a it's all a balance. It is. And that's interesting, Gordon. But But I think – that's where you have to be realistic and say, you know what? If we were better, we'd be in a better position now. We wouldn't have lost all those 11 games that we gave up points. Maybe we only lose two or three 
of those games. And look how hard we have to work. We have no margin for error. We, we, everybody's got to be on their game. Nobody can afford a, a bad shooting night. Otherwise, it's hard for us to recover, especially when you've got a nine-man rotation and you've got a bunch of guys sitting on the bench that you're not using. It also feels like, uh, and look, I'm getting ahead of myself towards the end of the season, that they almost have to have a little bit of wiggle room because if there's ever going to be a moment where all the minutes start to catch up to them, mm-hmm. you would figure end of the season would be it. Yep, there's no question about that. No doubt about it. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your thoughts on the Knicks win over the Miami Heat. Also, Gordon's segment about keeping you updated on what's going on with Aaron oh, Rodgers. Lots of, lots of new. Close, oh, yeah, we got we to gotta input a lot of new data into the computer, Larry, and run it through the algorithm to see what the odds are of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. Absolutely. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer, what's the computer looking like today? All right, so we have some some data to input into the algorithm, the Mm -hmm. logarithm. I'm not sure which one this is, an algorithm or a logarithm, but um, a couple of things today. The betting odds are out. Ooh. Now, the betting odds have Green Bay still as the favorite because that makes sense. He's still yeah. on Green Bay. But if you were to, to remove Green Bay from the equation, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, Las Vegas Raiders would be number one at plus 400. The Jets would be second at plus 650. Mm-hmm. They have the Niners at plus 850. But Rogers said today, I'm not going to San Francisco, so scratch them off the list. Now, again, it's a trade. But you'd think that they're going to trade him someplace outside of the NFC and someplace that he would like to go. They'll get his uh, opinion on it if they can. But um, so that's one part of it. Then I earlier today saw a report from something called Pro Football Network Hmm. that said that uh, I got to get the exact wording. Jets general manager Joe Douglas is admitting to people in the league that the team will go, quote, go all out in order to trade for Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now, I put that into the computer earlier today, and it spit it back out, and it basically uh, gave me the info that that report is garbage. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it has to be garbage, right? Can yeah. you, like, what? I don't know that we know all that much about Joe Douglas, but can anybody anywhere think that Joe <laughs> Douglas right now is spending his time mm-hmm. in what might be his most important offseason? going around and, according to them, admitting (laughs) to people that he's going to – Joe Douglas seems, for any criticisms you have, he seems like a pretty close-to-the-vest kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So I kind of find it hard to believe that any general manager would be telling anybody anything like that. Oh, you know what? Yep, we're going to have to go after Aaron Rodgers. So the uh, computer also felt the same way, so it spit it back out, Larry. So let's fire up the computer, guys. Do we have the computer? All right, here we go. All right, not very long, not a lot of information, clearly. A very short soundbite there. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night it was at 47%, Larry. It's dropped right. a little. Really? 45% odds now that the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Wow. So still, still pretty much a 50-50 proposition. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Yes. If you're the Jets, if you're a Jet fan yes. this offseason, mm-hmm. clearly if they get Aaron Rodgers – 
home run of an offseason, right? Right, yeah. Okay, you've, you've answered the question. If you don't get Rodgers, if you get Derek Carr, is it still a home run of an offseason? Is it still a good – is it still a very good offseason? If we were going by school grades, would that still be a B offseason? No, we're not asking the algorithm this time. No, we're not doing that. We're not, Larry is the, log, is the algorithm this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would be a B. A B. You would still yeah, give it, it a B. B. I'd okay. give it a B. Because it's still an upgraded quarterback. It is. Okay. I, I give then, it a B. Then, then one more name I got for you. Sure. If they get Jimmy Garoppolo, is that still a successful offseason? B minus, C plus, B yeah, minus. I, I think that's a solid C there. That yeah, would not be one yeah. that I'd feel good about, and yeah. it might even be a C minus. Yeah, it might, it, it might be. But see, here's the scary thing for them. And if you're the Jets, this is an issue you have. Okay, if 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 they don't do anything with Carr, I mean, Gordon, if he becomes available, don't you have to sign him? You don't know what you don't know what Rogers is going to do. That is that is a little bit of an issue, right? Do you, do you jump at the thing that might not be the highest ceiling, but you know that you can get it? Can you wait around for Aaron Rodgers? Do you want your fate to be decided by a guy who is a little out there? Who may choose Vegas. Very well and might. Then, and then he's gone. Carr's gone. Now you're looking at Garoppolo and Tannehill. And, oh. and, you know. Let's, we're, I think we're both on the same page here. Anybody outside of Rogers, Carr, or Garoppolo, it's a failure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an F. Yeah, absolutely. You you have to land one of those three. You have to. Aaron Rodgers, thanks to CBS Sports Network, was asked, Gordon, um, you got anything to say about what's going on with your future or anything? Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. Got any news you want to share with us? Not going to San Fran. <laughs> you look great with a cowboy star on your helmet. You're not going there either. No. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine? Not going there either. No. No. Uh-uh. But Don LaGreca is a little positive, Gordon. And he said okay. today on the Michael K show, if Rodgers wins for the Jets, mm-hmm. he would be a forever Jet. Look at Mark Messier. I know it's hockey, but Mark Messier's a god. He won five cups in Edmonton, and he's Mr. Ranger for winning one. Oh, you think the same thing's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? He'll spend two years here with the Jets. If he wins a Super Bowl, he's a forever Jet. He's Mark Messier. He'll be able to come to New York City and live off that championship. And where would you rather hang out? If you're going to have some kind of ceremony in Green Bay on a Friday night, he's flying in Friday morning. He's getting the last flight out on Friday. If there's a ceremony to honor the Jets, he's coming in on Wednesday night and staying until Monday morning. That's New York. <laughs> now to put this in context for people that didn't hear the show, there were a couple of callers who said that even if the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't put them immediately in the Super Bowl. Is he? Could he get them past uh, Joe Burrow? Could he get them past um, you know uh, uh, Lamar Jackson? Could right. he get them past Josh Buffalo? Allen. Could sure. he get them past you know Kansas City? So you know it's it's not and, and the fact that when he didn't have people and hasn't had Tom Brady over in the NFC. He hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl. So that was Don's, you know, kind of his opinion based on what the folks were saying. I, I, and, and in fairness to the Jet fan, can we slow down? Can we get to the playoffs first? They've not been to the playoffs in a dozen years. A yeah. dozen. That's the first goal. Now, I'm not yes. saying it's the only goal, 
But you get Aaron Rodgers so that you, you, you give yourself the best chance of making the playoffs. Can we, can we slow down on we're going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? The Packers have had him for 15 years. They've won one Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 And I think that was the caller's point, that just by getting him yeah. doesn't guarantee that you're getting him. And, no. and look at his age. But, Gordon, here's the thing. If he, he makes you a contender, even if he's here for just two years – he makes you a contender, yes. and he buys yeah. you time to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Is, is, is Zach Wilson going to be the next Geno Smith? Can, can anything be done? Can anything be salvaged from it? We don't know. We've seen him the first couple of years. Doesn't look like it, but you don't know. Maybe somebody with maybe a change of voice. Maybe, you know, uh, Hackett can do something along with Rodgers. If Rodgers is here, maybe the two of them together can get him on the same page and, and get him squared away. You know, so then it buys you time. If, he, if he's still no good – then, Gordon, you're going to have to find another quarterback or you'll draft another quarterback. But at least here's the thing you know. Right now, if Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo go in, you're better than what you were at quarterback right now. Immediately, you're well, an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, it would not be hard to be better than you were a quarterback last year because your quarterback situation down the stretch was as bad as it could be. And Zach Wilson was the lowest-rated quarterback in the entire NFL. So, I mean, you could get anybody, <laughs> and it will be better. You could get Ryan Tan. You could get Baker Mayfield, and it will be yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, now, that would not be a successful offseason. No, no, But no, it no, would no. be better. No, look, Rodgers, of the people that we know that are available, unless there's some name out there that's disgruntled and wants out – of the names that we know are possibilities, Aaron Rodgers seems to be the most logical, highest upgrade that you can get. So mm-hmm. you, you got Nathaniel Hackett here. You got your draft picks. Go up. Give up a couple of draft picks. Give up a couple of young players if you have to. And go and solve this position for at least the next year or two. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can buy yourself. Exactly. It, right now is crisis time. If yes. you don't solve it now, there is no later. So... Go solve it now. And it means you're going to – the one thing that you would really like to have, okay, in a perfect world is sustainable success by having a lack of change in your front office and on the sidelines. You always have to change on the front office and the sidelines. And that's what's up for this year. So at least you have some stability. He Not only with Aaron Rodgers or even Derek Carr and, and probably Gordon or even Jimmy Garoppolo. What they do, but obviously we're ranking them in, in the order that we think of their talent lies. What they do is it allows your general manager and your head coach to figure it out a little bit more and have some sustainable success, not sustainable success, but some transition where you're not changing the quarterback, the, the head coach again. You, I mean, he's been here two years. You're ready to get rid of him. You know, Gates was here two years. He had to go. Uh, Bowles was here two years, had two, three years. He had to go. I mean, you haven't had a consistent voice as a head coach since Ryan left. And it's hard yeah, to, it's hard to be successful that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, true, but they have to do something to warrant sticking around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this would help this because would, it puts would, them on notice. Good. You know what I'm saying, and, You know, and also the fact that Rodgers is who he is – there's no debate. It's not like no. we're trusting their judgment because no. their judgment on the quarterback position has to be questioned now. Absolutely. Forward. Absolutely. So that's why they can't go the rookie route ever again because this is a win now kind of team or at least uh, a more established kind of. I don't know win now is the right because they do have no. a lot of young players, but they. It's win now for the for the front office and the head it coach. Is. They better, right. better win now. It <laughs> is win now for them. They're not going to be here later.
Yeah, it is win now for them. And then you get that whole situation again, right? Who's going to be the general manager? Who's going to be the head coach? Uh, does do you have the type of players that they want? Are you going to have to? I mean, it's just I mean, it's 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 like a hamster in the, in, on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they just keep running in circles and running in circles and running in circles. Because every time you get somebody now, somebody's got a different view. Well, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want this type. I don't want two tight ends. I want I want four four wides and let's get rid of the. T- you know, here we go again. And now you're learning another system and you got to go. Through, it's just it's. It's maddening. It's <laughs> what it is. If you're a Jet fan, you just can you guys just sit down, speak, and get it right for a change? Yeah, Please. and think about and think about where you would be. You would be now if they don't make the playoffs. That would be 13 straight years <sighs> without a playoff appearance, and you'd have to be at ground zero again. Again, because you'd be picking a new GM, you'd be picking a new head coach, and and you're still looking for a quarterback. Right. Still looking for a quarterback. And, oh my God. And you've just raised ticket prices. <laughs> Good luck with that. And you just raised raised ticket prices, and the fans were, you know, off this off this the start of it. Not the last month, but off the start of it. I guess they renewed early. <laughs> Some of them may want the refund, but nevertheless, that that's what you're looking at. So you, you got to make some decisions here. And and for me, whether Gordon, whether he said it to 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 everybody down at the combine or not. Uh, everybody knows the Jets are going all out to get Aaron Rodgers, whether he said it or not. Everybody yeah, knows. Of course. I everybody mean, knows. Right. It, it, it's two and two. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I think it's four, guys. I don't want to say I, I think it's four. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I, I really yeah. think that, that uh, that's well, what it, Look, if, if he's telling people he's not going all out for Aaron Rodgers, fire him now. Because yeah, exactly. if, if your options are, are Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and what's behind door number three, yeah, you better be going all after Aaron Rodgers. No doubt about that. The New York Islanders' 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at the UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season, so enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Vancouver Canucks at home on February 9th. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down the contest, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. And be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more. And catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. We'll continue the conversation. We'll hear from Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. All that's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. You know, Gordon, uh, Eli Manning was on the Breaking Big Blue podcast with our Jordan Run-On. Yeah, I know him. I know him too. He does a great okay. job. He does. And uh, here's Eli on Daniel Jones. I'm proud of Daniel the way, the way he played to you know, learn another another offense and, and pick it up, and um, just the way he played in the fourth quarter of a number of games and 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 leading the team back to victory, which is awesome. That's what you want from your quarterback, and and to do it so quickly with the brand new offense. Um, and so for the way that, yeah, the way they were able to compete, to, to make it to the playoffs, to win a playoff game, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I hope, I hope uh, he gets rewarded for that. I hope he's the quarterback for the Giants for, for a long time. And I, I, I think he'll just continue to get better, to grow within this offense, to be in the same offense for a number of years only helps these quarterbacks. And um, if they can start adding some pieces around them, uh, it'll even make it easier and, and make them stronger. All right, Eli, you were the face of the franchise while you were here. So if you were talking to Daniel Jones, 
What would you tell him it's like being the face of a franchise? Well, I think you just got to understand everybody's everybody's watching you. And now you you have to be the leader. You have to set the example. And just because you get rewarded with that second contract doesn't mean you're you relax. That means you got you got to amp it up even more and just your preparation, your work, your commitment. And you are the leader and, and people are are listening to what you say, but they're also watching your actions and what you're doing and how you're preparing and how you handle everything. And so, um, you know, it, it, it does come with a lot of responsibility. And I think uh, you, you want to make sure these, you know, the guys that that you're rewarding can handle that. And I think, you know, th those two guys, especially some other ones that uh, can definitely handle it or great, great person, you know, great uh, people uh, and, and great players and, and will be great leaders. And you know, that's such a great point, Gordon, because that's really what the Giants front office has to figure out, right? Is this, can Daniel, how much better can Daniel Jones get? Is he near his ceiling? Is he far away from his ceiling? Uh, is he at his ceiling? And, and that's one of the things that they have to figure out. And I don't know if they know that yet. I don't think you can know that until you upgrade – uh, the skill position players around him and, and give him some real weapons to deal with. I would think it would be hard for me to believe he's at a ceiling this year. Now, what he did was 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 really good, uh, but I think based a lot on what he had to work with as well. That's why I think it, it answered the question. It wasn't just that they, you know, won the nine games or they won a playoff game or made the playoffs. It's that he's doing it with almost like one hand tied behind his back. Now, some guys did emerge, but I think that was a lot because of his play as well. So uh, I don't think you're going to really know what's the ceiling for Daniel Jones until the Giants go out this offseason and get him a receiver and, and deal with the running back situation and, and get a little healthy as well. So then if they improve, which they should, and they have to, improve the receivers and improve the running back or add depth to the running back situation – are we going to say that he got better or are we going to say he's got better weapons and the weapons get the credit instead of him? Uh, well, I mean, he'll be here. So, and he's been here and we've seen him do it without the weapons. So I think if, if things improve all credit, not all credit, but uh, you know, when, when, when things are good, there's plenty of credit to go around. And when there's, mm -hmm. when things are bad, everybody gets blamed. So uh, I, I don't think it will be the type of situation where we'll be saying, well, you know, he's only good now because he's got this weapon and that we, we've seen him go through the tough times and we've seen him succeed, even though uh, in terms of skill positions of the teams that made the playoffs this year, you'd probably say the giants were the weakest of the bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From, from a talent standpoint. Yeah. And receivers, especially offensively, they, you know, they, they, they got some work to do. <laughs> they got some work to do. And so that's why in their situation, like, what do you do with Daniel Jones? Obviously, you're not going to – obviously, Gordon, you don't want to franchise him because that's a lot of money to put into that one position. You would prefer, I would think, to try to reach a multi-year deal for him. Now, I was reading um, – I forgot where I was reading it, but the article was talking about the fact that it, in a perfect world for the Giants to stretch it out to a four- or five-year deal where you can, you know, move some of his money back and help to mm – -hmm. You know, get, have used some of the money now to be able to add pieces and just move him back uh, financially would be a great thing. And then what you would do is, you know, at, at a $10 million clip for franchising running backs, you would franchise Saquon Barkley. You really get, I don't know, Gordon, the more this goes, I don't know, anything could happen, but you really kind of get the feeling that he might not, Barkley might not be back. I'm starting to get the feeling he might not be back. 
I get the feeling if he's back, it's on the franchise tag. That's the only way he's coming you back. Know, he's think. coming back for one year, $10 million. I just find it hard to believe that they're going to build their team by giving it an eye who's been as injured as he is big money. And, and look, they were offering him, I think the report was 12, 12 yes. and a half million dollars mm-hmm. during the year, and he turned that down. Yeah. So what does he want? He wants $14 million. You, you're going to put $14 million into a running back? Yeah. He's Nobody on, does that. He's been, now, what was. Um, Not a guy that's been as hurt yeah. as he's been. Yeah. The running back in Frisco that left Carolina. Um, uh, uh, um, it just went right out of my mind. Yeah, uh, uh, he was he making fourteen, fifteen. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, was he fifteen? He's was making 15? a lot of money, and and but this year for the Niners, he only made like a million dollars. Now they mm-hmm. are going to have to figure something out, but they also have a quarterback on a rookie deal because right. it's it's likely going to be Brock Purdy. If it's not him, it's probably going to be Trey Lance. Yeah. So they have some some maneuverability. But they will have to answer that question down the road a little bit. I, I pulled up the stat I was talking to. I think it was um, since uh, – I think we were talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. Since 2009, Larry, Super Bowl winning teams leading rusher. 2009, it was the Saints. It was Pierre Thomas. He was making $460,000. Mm-hmm. 2010, it was the Packers. It was James Starks. He was making 300000 <laughs> 2011, it was the Giants. It was Ahmad Bradshaw. He made one point five. 2012, the Ravens, Ray Rice, $2 million. 2013, the Seahawks, Percy Harvin, 2 and a half. 2014, the Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, less than a million dollars. 2015, the Broncos, C.J. Anderson, half a million dollars. Uh, 2016, the Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, less than a million dollars. LeGarrette mm-hmm. Blunt the next year on the Eagles, just about a million. I mean, teams are not spending money no. on their running backs. Now, you can do it if you have some maneuverability, but the fact that you have a quarterback who's coming off his rookie con I mean, that really is one of the brilliant – I mean, yeah. the amazing things of Gettleman is he had the team capped out and he had the two, well, you would say, most talented <laughs> players were on rookie deals. Yeah. That's tough to and do. And they were still capped out. <laughs> That's tough to do. Oof, my God. <laughs> tough. That's tough. Uh, one thing, those stats – you know what those t- stats tell me? Players Association has done a good job over the past couple of years <laughs> raising some salaries. Especially with some running backs, they've they've well, done a pretty good job. You know, with the cap being what it is, and as much, and you, you see how much it is rookie quarterbacks as well, yeah. quarterbacks on their rookie deal because it allows the team to go out and take that money that they might spend on, on an established quarterback and and use it to to fill other holes. So mm-hmm. you know, the giant, it's it's going to get tougher for the Giants. It is. It's not just that it this is. year was a great year and and it was playoffs and the start of something good. It's going to get tougher now because now you're going to have to be paying the quarterbacks. So you're going to have less wiggle room there. And I get it. Saquon Barkley is a game breaking player when he's healthy and he's right. The two things working against him, he's not been that a lot of times. Even mm-hmm. this year, he was not that all 17 games. Yeah. And it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. You're not getting a bargain, that's for sure. No. Not Unless at you all. franchise him. I mean, Unless $10 million dollars you could live with. It's still not a bargain, but. No. But you can, do, you can deal with that for a year. Yeah. You know, because you're not sure what you're getting to, to, help, to help you out offensively. You can only get, Gordon, you can't afford to get a whole bunch of players. And, and with the Niners going out and getting Christian McCaffrey, it makes sense for them, not only because they have a rookie quarterback, that's the final piece for them, or at yeah. least they thought yeah. was the final piece for them. Mm-hmm. Saquon's not the final piece. No. 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 He's a really he was the player. first piece. He was the first piece. That's right. That's right. 
1-800-919-3776. We'll take some calls and hear from Julian Love, who um, kind of made some news today. We'll tell you about that next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. That's Gordon Damer. I'm Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York Tonight here on 987 ESPN. We'll hear from Julian Love, but first let's hear from Trey from Brooklyn, Texas. He's on the line at 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Trey. What's going on, fellas? Trey. I, I wanted to talk about the Knicks, man, but y'all talking about this man, Aaron Rodgers, man. So let's jump into this real quick, man. Listen, listen, I understand the Jets. I understand we're desperate. I get it. I I heard you. I'm telling you right now, if this man comes here and he mm, if he does not do what he is supposed to do here, this sets our franchise back about five or six seasons, give well, or take. But, but, but how? Yeah. Well, I mean, aren't you already how? set back five years by blowing the second yeah, overall pick? Been, well, well, hell, man, we set back fifty. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, but who's counting? But but uh, but, gee, I get it because you know this is like we live in a video game era, right? And everything is like, okay, you just add this player, and we go into Super Bowl. You know, I just don't think it's that easy, man. This guy is seven and nine in his last uh, what? Uh, how many playoff games? Uh, he's one in four in NFC Championship game. Nobody talks about these things. If this guy was named Joe Slobotnik, he would have been gone from Green Bay. But he's, you know, he looks like Nicolas Cage kind of sometimes. And, you know, he's the best thrower of the ball that we've ever seen. I still don't know what the hell that means. And it's just, it's, it, I get it. He's a really good, he's a really good quarterback. And he's going to help the Jets. He's not going to, he, I don't see him not doing well. I'm just like, nobody's bringing up what if it doesn't work out because he if he if we start losing and he come with that yo y'all need to relax we don't relax here homeboy we do not relax in new york this is not green bay wisconsin so you can't come and i think he's going to come here with that attitude man i'm i'm fearful i'd rather go with Carr or jimmy g that's that's less fearful for me this dude's coming here with a lot of angst and a lot of ego and we can't have this, man. We're trying to get one, man. I would need one more. You feel what I'm saying? This, this is not fair to him. It's not fair to those older Jet fans, man. And and I know that we got to do something. But mm-hmm. I personally, man, this is just my opinion. It don't mean nothing. But I'm just saying, I, I'm fearful of Aaron Rodgers because he's a chode of a person. Gee, would you admit that? He's not that good of a guy, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, and who cares? Gee, like, who cares I, if he's a no, good no, guy? No, 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 no. It's not about – I'm not saying his per, – but his personality here yeah. in this city. Do yeah. you think it equates here? Uh, if they win, it'll be great. If they, if they lose, if they win, it won't matter if he's healing lepers. If, if he loses, it's it's over. I mean, they'll kill him, of course. That's what – okay, all right. That's So, okay, as long as we're on the same page with that. And for the Nick highlight, real quick, I know you got to go. For the Nick highlight, for all my wrestling fans out there, just look up the entrance to the Shockmaster, 1992 or three. That's what Julius Randle looks like. He's all over the place. He That man didn't touch him, and he jumped up looking for a foul, Larry. What is his yeah. problem? Ain't nobody yeah. – touched you with the air. Yeah, well, he was falling down. That's what it was, Trey. uh, (laughs) That's for the phone call. Horrible. 
Right, but they won, Trey. Look, yeah, they, they won. won. They won. Yeah. Yes, uh, we know. Yes, we, we, we did. Understand. We, we get it. We understand what you're saying about him. And th- thanks again, man. We'll talk next week. We 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 understand what you. No problem. We we understand what you're saying, but you know, this time he he got away with one. You know, he slipped. He was trying to, you know, not turn the ball over, Gordon, because he knew nobody touched him. Yeah, and, and, and just to get back to the Rogers point yes. that Trey was making about uh, like <laughs> this is not this. the ideal situation. Nobody would have, nobody wanted it to go this way. But now that you're like the the way that you wanted it to go was you drafted somebody with the second overall pick and they're your franchise quarterback for the next ten years. But that's not the case, and now you got to you got to pivot. And and I think it's a good a good thing that at least there's somebody like Aaron Rodgers who is available this offseason for you to pivot to. So it's not the it's not the scenario you wanted, but it's the best best thing you can hope for right now. The worst thing to do is when you make a mistake, keep don't do anything right. to try to get out of it. Right. You got to try to do something now. It, it, you, you gambled. You thought you had the guy. And listen, you still may have a guy. We don't know the way it looks. It doesn't look like it, but you never know. Like <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be willing to put a couple of shekels on FanDuel that you don't. <laughs> you know, I, you're right. Yeah. Based on what we've seen, you're absolutely right. You, would, you wouldn't get a deal because they wouldn't take it because everybody would agree with you. But you just never know. So, uh, but, but you can't he – was, he was that bad that now you have to find somebody else to run this offense. That's how bad he was. So you, you, and, you can't and the players, sit there and hope it doesn't go away. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing as well. It's not just that he was bad. It's like the guys on the team like openly despised him. Yeah. Yep. So I don't, I don't know how you can ever come back from that. So, look, you, it, there's, it doesn't hurt the Jets anything to hold on to him because he's not making any real money yet. You don't have to make a decision on him. His value probably is at the lowest it is right now. But yep. – uh, ever expecting anything out of Zach Wilson here, I think that would be complete fool's gold. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Julian Love was on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and here's what he had to say about his teammate, Daniel Jones. I'm a big Daniel Jones fan because I've, I've been there firsthand to see his work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were drafted together in 2019. Mm-hmm. He's the first, and this is not a cliche, is not a, a, a kidding thing. He's the first one in the building and the last one to leave every day. <laughs> Off days, you can guarantee. But that's who he is. And so, you know, to be in New York with this amount of pressure on you, with the amount of clout you can have, He's the perfect guy for it because he's, one, talented. He's done a great job of managing the games this year. Um, he has all the tools in the trade, could throw every ball, can run, all that stuff. He's tough. But he's not somebody who, who lets it all get to his head. He's somebody who really is dedicated to his craft, and I think that's what this city needs. All right. Um, he loves Daniel Jones, Gordon. He's not that big a fan of Nick Sirianni, the head coach of Philly. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a great job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, like what's your reaction as a player and that guy's doing that? I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team and they can succeed. I don't think it was that funny, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what Eagles said it, but uh, it was, the perfect response was, that's the type of thing people who are sitting at home say. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Brandon Graham, because here's what he had to say. Okay. 
Uh, you know what, man? People always got something to say when they at home. So they got some stuff to think about. So I ain't really going to touch too much on it. I just know that Coach Sirianni, it don't matter what he did last year with a team that, you know, nobody thought was going to do much. You know, he ended up getting us to the playoffs. And then for his second year, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get better. You're supposed to bring players in to get to do exactly what you need them to do. And we did that. I mean, he say anybody can coach this team. It's like, man, it don't matter. Because at the end of the day, it's on your GM and your president president and pe uh, people to be able to bring guys in and sign guys and have people want to come to this organization. So, I mean, man, it's a whole bunch of different factors other than just him talking about Coach Sirianni. It's just, you know, a lot of people just mad because of what happened this season. I understand. But, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely carried no weight because Coach proved himself each and every day. <laughs> Gordon, are we going to have the season that normally is Giants-Dallas? Is it going to be Giants-Philly? Because there's been a lot of talking between these two after this beating in, in, in the postseason. Yeah, well, when you haven't beaten the team in forever, that's something you do. You talk about them. But they haven't beaten them in forever. They didn't yeah. beat them this year. They got hammered by them in the playoffs. So you can talk all you want, but I don't know. Uh, if, if Nick Sirianni were the Giant head coach, I don't think any Giant fan would be complaining right now. No, no, no. Mm-mm. And Dable's done a great job. Yeah, he did. He, in fact, he's going to be the, almost certainly the coach of the year. I would think so. Oh, could you imagine if Sirianni wins it over? <laughs> oh, my. You think the Empire State Building thing was bad. Oh, my God. Giant fans will they'll be crying for weeks. They'll be miserable. Oh. And you'll be there with, with your glass, Oh, I'll won't be you? there. I'll be sitting on the sidelines with the popcorn, Larry, just sitting back and enjoying it. Welcome to misery, guys. Welcome to misery. <laughs> All right, my friend. What time are you on Saturday? I'm on at 3. I think I'm on oh, okay. uh, 3 to 6.30 on Saturday. Okay, good. So we've got, uh, you know, we've got what we learned on TikTok. And, uh -huh. uh, and we didn't features. get to do it last week, so really? I've learned a lot in the last two weeks. Oh, So man. much stuff. I learned oh. so much. I learned more in that than I did in my seven years of high school, Larry. It's amazing. <laughs> it would be at State and 8th. You'd learn a little bit more. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Have a great weekend, my friend. I'll see you on Monday. All right, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. I'll see you Sunday night at 9. Harvey Julian, thank you very much. Freddie and Fitz now, 98.7 ESPN New York.